Hello and welcome again. This is episode 1.1 of Northern Invasion, the podcast. I say 1.1 because, well, we've already had episode 1, which has come out in August, and this is another one from August. So, um, there you go. What we've got here is a bit of a focus on Northern Invasion. We've got an interview with the winner. Um, we've got a couple of clips from uh, interviews uh, taken at the event. And I can give a quick run through of the winners. Um, just a bit of reassurance to our podcast patrons that um, regardless of how many episodes we do a month, um, they'll only ever uh, be billed for the, the one, the one pledge that they've made. And um, if we don't do one one month, if we're having a week or a month off, um, there won't be any any charges. So, so rest assured that and thanks again to you all for, for supporting us and we're going to have a, a draw in the next few days um, for this month's winner which will be a, a set of mega a mega brush set from the army painter which is pretty cool and we'll do a draw on Twitter for that one so thanks again okay so what we're going to do is uh, first of all I managed one of my favourite armies from Northern Invasion was uh, a list by um Paul Whitehead and it was an ordered Draconis army so luckily he was staying uh, the night before and we met up um, and had a, a couple of drinks and, and had a bit of a, a few games and a bit of a chat beforehand so I'm gonna let I'm gonna play a quick recording of myself speaking with Paul on the Friday evening um, and then also on the Sunday morning after day one just to give you a bit of a flavor of, of his list and his experience of the day, and I'll be back to you shortly. So, Paul, um, can you tell us why you've picked this list and what draws you to it? Okay, so normally I'm fairly well known for being a Beast Claw player, and so I love big smashy monsters, but the Stonehorns and the uh, Thunder Tusks are just not cutting the mustard at the moment. So I played against a, a similar dragon list at Bobo and thought, this looks really good. It's more like the old Beast Claw was. Four big monsters, a few other bits and pieces. So, yeah, it, it fits me just perfect. So I'm hoping that it's going to play and give me as much fun as the Beast Claws did. Good stuff, good stuff. I remember our times playing with the Beast Claw and uh, the first Northern Invasion, you had a, a good a good compliment of them. So is there any particular trick this army has that you want to pull off? Yeah, so I've, I've had this trick pulled against me and I've got Shackles as one of the endless spells and somebody cast the shackles, put the three shackles around my stone horn and immobilized it for the rest of the game. I want to do that to somebody else. <laughs> oh, sounds pleasant. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your general? Obviously the semi-narrative nature of our events is, uh, is well known the world wide. So uh, let's, let's know about your general. So my, my general is uh, King Uther Pendragon and I love all the King Arthur stuff, and so it was a, an easy choice, really. So he's very noble and very knightly, and uh, he's going to save damsels and smash face. Well, thank you very much. We'll catch up with you at the end of day one, and then we'll see how you've done at the end of the event. Okay, Paul, so catch up on the beginning of day two. So can you tell us, uh, how did your day go yesterday? Uh, mixed. had a great amount of fun. I love my list. I love the dragons. So I ended up with a major win, a minor win, and a major loss. But what I found was that on game two, my general one-shotted a Lariel on turn two. Turn three, he one-shotted Durthu, and turn four, he one-shotted a Tree Lord. Plus, I killed, he killed two 
um, Arachnorocks in game one and a load of change into in game three. So that's six monsters I've killed. So that's my objective for today, is to kill as many monsters as possible so I can go home with a mug. <laughs> ah, yes, so the, the Beast Killer Award for one of the Warlords narratives. So you mentioned your trick yesterday, the Soul Shackles. Uh, have you managed to get that off? I haven't cast a spell even once yet. <laughs> uh, is it called the Soul Shackles? It is, it yeah. is yeah. Soul Snare Shackles. Yeah. So, so you've not got that off. So what are your plans for today? Is it just focus on Behemoths, get a mug? I think it is focus on Behemoths and get a mug, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, well, good luck anyway. <laughs> Catch you later. See you, and there we go, and I'm uh, I'm very happy to announce that, that Paul went on and and with a with an epic um, head count of of nine behemoths slain by his general, um, he took his mug, uh, his coveted mug that he's been after now for three years, um, and he's got an exclusive Northern Invasion mug. So so well done there, Paul. Okay, so um, quick roundup um, before we uh, before we press on with the main interview. So, um, first things first, uh, the event we have the Badge of Shame and Dan from AOS Shorts um, was kind enough to go through our lists in advance and he picked out the Badge of Shame, or the Badge of Honour as he called it. Um, it was the most tuned list and he picked uh, Kev Lowe's uh, mixed order list which saw two phoenixes, Marathi, um, all sorts of things, um, including one... Uh, um, one uh, Stormcast model just to have access to that um, that comet. So um, there you go. Kev Kev was our badge of shame winner. Um, all of his opponents were given some some fine Orkney soap to to help clean them up after the event. Um, but unfortunately for Kev, he didn't do great. Um, but and I think he's moved on. Um, I think he's moved on to flesh out that Stormcast. Um, so he's he's bringing his friends, and I'll hopefully see that at the next event at the Howling. Um, going on from there, Duffy um, got the the best man award for the most themed army, and the um, that was based upon the realm choice, artifacts, spells, list construction, and he had the Squig army. It was a great army, great to see there. Um, I think he came second out of destruction. Um, about twenty sixth place out of the forty two, so mid table, but a fine a fine result for a destruction army at the moment. Um, let's see then. So our lowest placed um, uh, at the event was uh, young James Marshall, um, who had death. Fair play to him. He stepped in the day before the event, and he brought Nagash, who he'd never played with before. And um, unfortunately for him, he he ended up a. Uh, um, he came last. He didn't have the lowest battle points. He, um, but he didn't have a, a fully painted army, and and having the well, having the um, the army submitted late, sorry, uh, meant he had a ten point penalty, and uh, so he took our um, a can of quick shade, kindly provided by the army painter. Um, a little video doing the rounds at the moment on on our Facebook page showing James being given his award. Uh, so thanks to the army painter for that. Um, the very, very bottom person on battle points was, uh, was, uh, young Will Pollock. Um, he's, he's new to the scene, but he's, he's enthusiastic. He's doing well. Um, he made that bottom table his own. Um, so such, such was his attachment. We, um, we, we gave him the mat that was being played there, which was from Playmats. It's, uh, one of their eco leather mats. Um, 
uh, an icy mat so so he took that home and he was really uh, happy with that and and a special mention to him and his dad who were both equally um uh, our most sporting players both having full marks for um for the 10 points for for being sp uh, good sports and we've never had a, a joint winner before and to have father and son do it it's it was quite special so we hope to see them again and to see see will's force developing and see him for many years to come um okay so next off um we are semi-narrative uh we have um uh, different things going on on the day and um, one of the things we have is immortalized by the bards so gav thought was kind enough to give us a a signed uh war beast um with a dedication for the immortalized by the bards but unfortunately he wasn't able to do the um the the judging on the day so uh we've got um we were lucky enough to have uh, sam phillips who's a, an author and a publisher uh, from australia he he joined uh, runs zombie pirate publishing uh, which are a great little outfit they've got some some good anthologies out there on sci-fi and fantasy and things but he's a he's a keen black library reader and and player of warhammer for most of his time so so thanks to sam and and he judged um well what i could do i could read this out um the actual winner so the the winner um was from Grant Moody um, and the one that Sam picked out was this one so hopefully you'll you'll appreciate this looking over the barren plains of Shaish McGurk the neck stomper so called for his penchant for stomping on next turned to his second in command Crom face basher so called for his penchant for bashing faces and said the best thing about this realm of death is that everything is dead so you can duff it up, wait a bit, then it's back to get duffed up some more. Idly playing out the drum solo to Hot for Teacher, a song taught to him by a free guild drummer, in exchange for only eating one of his arms, Crom replied, Yeah boss, but the boys is getting upset, there's nothing ju just to eat. All we got is bones and dead things. There's no sauce to bring everything together. McGurk was badly in need of a scrap. He'd led his boys to Shaish in pursuit of Gagot de Pomplemousse, a ghoul king who'd travelled to the cold frigid north some months previous and spent the following months calling himself Best Death General. Confronting Gagot, McGurk took sympathy on the delusional ranting king and his lamenting of how the bards of the north had chosen to immortalise a tile of filth and gamesmanship over Gagot's triumphs against three Jabberslice. Sensing the poor creature's sorrow, McGurk only pulled his legs off before feeding him to his maw-crusher faced fister. This was the best death had to offer, then Shaish was McGurk's for the taking. What he did not bank on was the rise of Nagash and his legions everywhere. The boys went, they saw Nagash, sometimes in purple, sometimes grey, sometimes in nickel oxide, because his owner was lazy. The only time McGurk ever saw the Lord of Death fall was when he made the mistake of underestimating a mangler squid. The biggest problem was that McGurk had lost his bearings and couldn't find the realm gate home. So now he and his boys jumped from realm to realm, hoping the jump that this jump might be the jump home. So Sam felt that this story had the most character and humour. He liked that the orcs and uh, liked the undead because they get back up so they can fight them again. And also Quantum Leap ref reference being pretty funny. 
He thinks it suits a band of orcs jumping from realm to realm, fighting who they find. The character names were fun. Breaking of the fourth wall with a reference of the differently painted Nagashes is good too. That's the one he picked. However, he did give an honourable mention to A Tale of Freedom, um, which was Mary, Queen of Grotz, and William Webbis. Obviously, uh, that was Rich Hood Sprith and his um, Spider Fang army. So, thanks to everyone for getting involved. We had masses of background stories and tales from the day, and uh, it, it helps to make Northern Invasion what it is. So, uh, again, thanks to the players for, for getting into the spirit and doing that. So, um, beyond that, we had our uh, Warlords narratives. So, we got, as I've said, Paul took the Beast Killer Award for the most um, the most uh, behemoth slain. Adam Turner, Turner took the Blessed by Ranald for Twiggy, his general, who, who managed to go all five games over the weekend without taking a single wound. Uh, Liam, Liam Watt got the Master of Magic with his Nagash, who, cost, who cast a ridiculous amount of spells he's cast 150 spells over the over the five games um well in well ahead of anyone else the assassin award went to john bayliss and his archeon who again um took things to a different level uh, there was only one person close to john's archeon um so john managed to score ooh, 206 wounds um over the five days that's not counting magic and the only person close to that was Paul. Again, Paul Whitehead with his uh, Dragon Lord, who managed to score 179. So fairly close. Let's see. So what else do we have? Uh, the best painted Warlord um, went this time. It was it was a tie, actually, between John Bayliss and Michael Hans. They had a roll-off, and Michael Hans went away with a voucher from from uh, Cromlech again. So, so thanks to them for providing that, and thanks to Michael for his efforts with his great unclean one. Archeon took second place, and John Craig with Sumptuous Susie um, and from his Daughters of Cain army uh, took third place. Um, I think they took some, some brushes from uh, Games and Gears, and they also got some, some uh, brush repair gel from uh, Green Stuff World, which is good stuff. Um, the Coolest Army, so we had uh, four nominations for the Coolest Army. Um, the three runners-up... Uh, one playmats from playmats eu that was um scott smith for his nurgle force um it was jamie ferguson for his swiftly painted but gorgeous looking sylvaneth force and also mike callahan with his his stormcast army so they took the runners up but the standout winner um and, and a runaway uh champion was graham shirley painted by g with his undead army which was absolutely fantastic so um, he took the the uh, mega paint set from the army painter, and I'm sure he's going to be uh, making us something special. He seems to be working on the Slaves to Darkness at the moment, so uh, I look forward to seeing what what he can produce. Okay, then the best in each realm, life. We had Ad Adam Turner and his Sylvan Fs, the, the Free Spirits. The Realm of Light was David Nemeth with his Nagash the Lightbringer. Realm of Shadow Shadows was Paul the Duca and his Nurgle Force. Death was Liam Watt with the uh, with Nagash. Um, Gur went to Luke Whitehead with his Flesh Eater Courts. Uh, Fire was Steve Sanderson with uh, Zinch, and the Realm of Metal was Graham Davidson um, 
with his Night Haunt. The consummate commander with 6,400 net victory points at the end of the week was Adam Turner, taking a fine pen. Um, as I've said, Will and Gary Pollock got the, the best sports awards, so well done to them. Oh, bear with me, I'm being interrupted. Okay, back. Um, it's nothing like the in-laws phoning. <laughs> okay, so um, moving on from Willie, uh, Will and Gary, we have uh, the highest placed from south of the border was Steve Sanderson, and he took the bottle of Buckfast, so hopefully he managed to uh, consume that on the way home, uh, taking a little piece of Scotland back with him, uh, even though it's <laughs> it's made made south of the border. It's obvious, it's certainly consumed north of the border. Okay, and then, so the best chaos general was Steve Sanderson, um, with Zinch, death was Liam Watt, um, with uh, Nagash and his forces, Destruction, Richard Hudspithen, the Spider Fang. Order was Lee Martin and uh, the Daughters. But the overall winner um, and uh, the winner of the helm and this year's Thane of the Isles is Steve Sanderson. Um, and we're lucky enough now to have a, an interview with Steve about how he found the event, um, where he sees Seinch and where Age of Sigmar could maybe should go in the future so thanks again for listening um we should have something with you again in the next week or so um where we're going to be speaking to mike callahan organizer of the howling um who came second at, uh at heat two um earlier in the year um it'd be great to speak to him about about his thoughts on the game and and his thoughts on tournaments um and then we'll be back with the rest of the boys and we'll all be together um, after Facehammer, uh, before the Howling, to go through the lists, pick the coolest army, and maybe give you our predictions for um, for who's going to take the points there. So thanks again, and enjoy this from Steve. Any uh, any suggestions, comments, feedbacks, get in touch. And if you are interested in supporting us, head over to the Patreon page, which is uh, simply Patreon forward slash AOS Bat Rep, um, and maybe give us a pledge okay apologies about the levels here we're up we're down but we'll sort that out at the next one without further ado here's the interview between me and steve thanks for joining us and for bearing with me with my uh technical ineptitude once more thanks a lot thank you very much for joining us we've got the the new thane of the isles steve sanderson welcome to northern invasion hello thanks for having me no no uh, it's great for you to spend a bit of time to come on. I mean, before we get started, I suppose it's only fair to say that you've had a pretty successful year up north. We've got, what, have we had a winner, Aegon? You took the howling and now Northern Invasion? Um, yeah. Um, the the Aegon that I won was the one at the end of last year, wasn't it? The October-ish one, October-November. And then I came second at Aegon this year, the May one, and won the howling as well, yeah. Oh, consistent stuff. <laughs> Thanks. I suppose before we go into your matches uh, as well, wondering if you could talk us through the list that you took and maybe why you chose it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I've been running teams for about, well, since the book came out now, what's that? Yeah, a year and a half-ish? Yeah, a year and a half. Um, and it's, I have a very settled list over the course of about a year or so, but the new points, I think, kind of forced my hand. They were The changes that I've made in the last few months were very, very much... Because the cost of stuff just gone so high for a lot of each stuff, 
Um, you're kind of forced a bit more down the Arcanite route away from the demons, I think. Right. Um, I've I've always run Zango and things, but just it was the Ego in May. Yeah, the Ego in May. Uh, I ran Chain Chose for the first time. Mm. Um, so I was painting up extra horrors for that, and then immediately the new points came out, and Pink Horrors got up to 200 points. And you could, I'd, I mean, they're still, I'm still debating putting them in, to be honest, for the howling and things. But I th- they're just so pricey, I thought I'd ditch them completely. And for the first time, ran Acolytes, who were just, yeah. they're effectively chaff. But uh, yeah, so it's a bit of a change list. Um, I'll run down the whole list and then just kind of talk about it. Uh, Lord of Change. Um, he's got kind of what I've had for a while Wellspring of Arcane Might Bolt of Zinch then there's a Magister two Zango yeah. Shaman two units of ten Karak Acolytes and it's finished off with 30 Zango and six Skyfires I also had the Geminids in there just kind of the points for them uh, did you get them off at all? did, <laughs> did you use them? I actually, I actually kind of half forgot about them half kind of didn't bother with them for two or three games I think I got them off twice over the weekend yeah, I had mixed uh, mixed feedback on the different endless spells. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, a couple of the poor lads like uh, who'd never used them before, obviously loaded their armies up to two hundred and fifty points, <laughs> and and just like a one poor lad, uh, the, actually the lad who came last, he he took that, and then he only took a bray shaman to cast them, and oh. um, he, he never got his purple sun off, never got this, that, and the other no. off, and you you, you worry. But, yeah, uh, and I mean, unless you've got someone like Nagash who can churn the spells out, I don't think there's any point in really taking them. And then you'd also obviously let us take the realm spells, which meant well, even with Zinch, I think in maximum, I think I could do eight spells a turn. Yeah. Uh, actually, more technically, if the Magister kept on casting on a double. But even then, you know, I, I had more than enough spells with the ones in the scrolls, the ones from the Zinch book, with the realm spells. I just didn't need them anymore. No. Yeah, there wasn't space to get them off. Um. So that was, it's a fairly simple, it's a fairly simple list, you know, it's four characters and four units. It's very different. I find playing Zinch, or certainly playing that list, since the points changed, is a very different experience. A lot of the tricks have gone. Um, a lot of the stuff that people hated has kind of gone. Um, and it's, as it turned out over the weekend, it was very much kind of, if you get the 30s angle in the right place, they're going to do the damage, particularly with the realm spells on. Um, yeah, I had a little practice game on the Thursday before we came up, and uh, I think it was I only got eleven Zango into into combat in the end of the unit, and they did forty five wounds on their own. Yeah, I mean it's, it's it's really good because you've got you've got such strength in every in every phase, I suppose, with that yeah. list, haven't you? Yeah, uh, you, yeah, you've got your magic phase covered. Uh, the Zangos are there for the punch, and then I mean six Skyfires are still six Skyfires. Six Skyfires were had a, to be honest. I've, yeah, I've been running each for a while. I think the Six Skyfires had one of their best weekends, particularly with Fold Reality. I think that my last game, I think I brought them all back twice, or certainly half the unit and then the rest of the unit. Um, but yeah, the, the, it's got it's got the tricks. I find as well having two Zango Shaman there was really useful because of the speed. Ah, right. Just having two heroes that can move sixteen inches. Yeah, what's the run? Um, it was really really useful. And it certainly meant that I had the backup for the for the Skyfires as well. You know, the plus one to hit. If yeah. one went down, the other one joined in. 
Hi. Well, I suppose before we go into uh, the missions and what happened there, uh, it's worth saying you've been up to Common Ground Games before, so you know we've got a pretty decent place. It's a great place for us to have our tournaments. But how did you find Northern Invasion? I know it's your first one that you've made it. We do try to make it a bit different, but it's yeah. always interesting to hear from, from somebody who's never been before what they, what they find it like. Uh, I loved it. I mean, it's like the the scene is definitely growing, isn't it, up north from the kind of with uh, the Northern Alliance and things, and the the, the Northern Rankings and the Masters coming at the end of the year. I think there's a, there's a real scene growing. Um, obviously, I think I think it's Northern Invasion the biggest one on that scene. Uh, it is uh, historically. I mean, this one we had forty six, um, forty two on the day because you always get a last last yeah. couple of dropouts um, for a two day. Yeah, it's it's the biggest we've had so far, but. I mean, the howling next month's a one day, and that's sold out at forty. So, you know, we're we're filling it. Yeah, I didn't realize the howling was that big. Yeah, um, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's great to start seeing you know, the kind of familiar faces, um, and there's a real kind of there's a buzz every time. It's lovely to go to a tournament that that's that's that big, and I've already you know met quite a few of them. I, there was actually six of us came up from Newcastle Warlords, which I think is the most we've had at a tournament so far. Uh, so there's two cars worth. Um, so you know we're excited about the weekend. It was ace. Um, yeah. I, so oh, <laughs> no, I was just going to say it really shaped it. I mean, it was really good because um, for those that didn't know, um, we did have it so that people could choose their origin realm, and then everybody got to choose a, a spell. And it's a bit of a obviously a talking point that we're going to have on the uh, the rest of the the episode, but. Mm. Um, you you kept it traditional and you kept it um, the narrative there and you made all of you come from the same realm and obviously with everybody being able to choose a certain spell Inferno Blades was quite popular across the board yeah. so ni- nineteen of our uh, of our people on the day um, were from the realm of fire um, so that that played my hand in the way it it, it put it it pushed me into Normally I, uh, I I seed things and I put people in pots from the home clubs so nobody game one plays somebody that they, they normally play. Um, but because it was pretty much down the middle, um, we just stuck everybody in from fire against somebody who wasn't from fire. So it kept it a little bit themed and a bit narrative. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I had four wizards. You said mention Inferno Blades. I had four wizards. I just took Inferno Blades twice and Stoke Rage twice. Yeah. Um, because I knew if I got them both off on the Zangle, which I generally did, obviously with the Zinch, they were absolutely devastating. Yeah, and those Zangor, as you say, I mean, they pack a punch anyway, so... They do, yeah. So. I, think, I think we worked out it was like it was 350-odd wounds potential from that unit on the, with, with both spells on. <laughs> really oh, well. Tasty. Fair play. So we how did you, have... How do you, sorry, how do you feel that went? Um... With the realm class, I know there was a few people questioning it. I mean, there's yeah. some devastating combos, but I th- it's almost like you know you give everybody the chance to take them. Everyone's yeah. got a chance to use them. Everyone's got the equal chance, and the thing I've tried to do with it, um, and I said this last last month, is because I I work quite hard to get quite a lot of sponsors and prizes. Um, I try to make it a little bit off the wall so that um, it's not just by the book and competitive, um, and put a little bit more in there so people can customise the lists a little bit more. Um, we put a bit of randomness in, I suppose, with things like the weather table and um, ruses that people can play on day one. So, yeah, it's left to the players to make it as, as competitive or as uh, as um, themed as they want. And, I mean, to be honest, uh, the feedback at first, there was a lot of fear, but I think people got into the spirit of it on the day. Um, obviously, on the top tables, it was a little bit more competitive, uh, there are ranking points to play for, I suppose, but um, 
But no, I think I'll I'll possibly tweak things next year. Um, but I don't know. I think the Walmart's narratives, and I don't think you actually got any of those, but you still managed to uh, come out on top. No, uh, I, yeah, I, I, it was they were pretty high, weren't they? I think they were. And for most spells against Nagash, it was a struggle. But it, it does show though that um, people can't just uh, tune the army that way as well, because some people were like Nagash took the spells once, that's an extra five points. Yeah. Um, and I'd probably reconsider how that worked next year. And I was speaking with a few of the boys on the way home and in the hotel afterwards and was thinking maybe um, you could you could either nominate a warlord who isn't your general to do the narrative stuff, mm. but they couldn't be a behemoth or a unique character just to try and make it more the faceless people who are developing. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll work on the pack a little bit more. There's probably less uh, chance of one uh, one model dominating then as well. Yeah, exactly. Super powered one, so from it, yeah. 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 Just one thing yeah. I wanted to say before we talked about the games. Um, I think I thought you did brilliantly with the prizes. You know, oh, you go to most tournaments, and there's there's always a range of trophies. You know, for you know best in Grand Alliance, etc. Best painter, best sports. But you had a, I mean, you had a box full of stuff. <laughs> and there must have been there must have been half the people, if not more, got something. Yeah, forty odd of us. Yeah, try to. We have like the free raffle as well, so we give stuff away where uh, we draw people's names out of the out of the bowl. Um, we've done that since well since the beginning three years ago, um, and then yeah we have the the main prize which is normally themed Norse somehow, but this time well it was a it was a a helmet that I had made that was um. It's like a gladiator, well, you know, like a Spartan-type yeah. helmet, but a bit stormcasty in, in like a gold colour. And yeah. then we had the Norse drinking uh, uh, tankards for the best in each alliance. Um, we had great prize support. What I tend to do is I spend um, the... Obviously, you have to pay for your tables and you pay for your food um, out of the, the ticket price, but then everything else goes into those prizes, really. And then what I do is I work with sponsors on um, on getting together stuff for, for everything else. So all the painting awards, the sports awards, um, uh, I don't know, best in realms. There was there was a lot of them really, wasn't there? So yeah, but yeah. It's, I think everyone totally appreciates it because you got. I mean, most tournaments don't have you know any prize support outside of trophies, so it's just lovely for people to take things away. You can tell you could tell that you'd put a lot of work into it. There must be yeah. weeks of weeks and months of gathering things, is it not? Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I couldn't do more than one a year. I mean, some boys, yeah. they they run tournaments and I don't know how they can keep it up because they're doing two, three a year. And, and uh, yeah, it's a, they're a, a step ahead of me. I, I can do one a year and that's my lot. <laughs> yeah. No, it's ace. It was ace. Okay, well, cheers for that. Um, it's appreciated when, when people see it. And, and also, I, I, it was a, it seemed like a good idea at the time, but when I, uh, I decided to, that, Dark Fantastic Mills, Gary's a great guy, and and uh, he made up all those um, objective markers for me. So um, then I hand painted them all. Yeah. Three hundred of those. It took me absolutely nice. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it was good that people people appreciated it. So I hope I see them on the tables every now and again. It should be fun. Oh yeah, I'm going <laughs> to continue using them. It's like it's a nice uh, souvenir, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so um, before we go in, I suppose, yeah, it's worth saying we had some pre-drawn missions and we did randomly take it from all 18 that are in the New General's Handbook. But bizarrely, 
Um, and we drew them live on Twitter, so people knew that it wasn't fudged in any way. But four of the five missions were actually from the original General's Handbook. So we had Border War to start, then Taken Hold, Focal Points, Three Places of Power, and then Escalation. And I was thinking that going into Game 3, having had Border War and Taken Hold, which are not very easy to get a Major on, that we'd only have a couple there on uh, on Majors, on two Majors, but... We had more than a thought, so we probably had around about around about ten people on two majors at the, going into the third game, which uh, took me by surprise. That's impressive, yeah. 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 So uh, there we go then. So over to yourself. Um, if whatever you can remember, that would be grand. If you could just talk us through any any highlights and things learned. Well, I think immediately I thought I, I was off to a bad start because. You'd got uh, Dan from Aira Shorts, hadn't you, to, to look through the lists beforehand and pick out the, the cheesiest or the filthiest list going. That's right, yeah, the badge of shame was it. Yeah. So, and I got it, I was playing against <laughs> him in the first game. <laughs> and I got Kev Lowe with his mixed order, didn't I? Yeah, you did um, indeed. Wearing his badge of shame. And it was a tricksy list. Um, it was a bit of an odd one. It had two, two Frostheart Phoenixes, or Phenai. Uh, Tenebral Shard. Um, and a sort of judgment, wasn't it? So yeah. that he could come in and smash up what he needed to. Yeah, that's the D6 Mortal Wounds, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, that, to be honest, that was the piece. Marathi was in there as well and Smart Connect Company. It was a bit of an odd one. Um, so I wasn't sure how it would go. But I think it was the Tenebral Shard that had me the most scared. Maybe too much. Because of the capacity for the, for the Shard to teleport into combat yeah. with the D6 Mortal Wounds. I was fairly sure whatever it teleported in Lord, against the Lord Change or whatever was going to get taken off in one go. Yeah. You uh, deployed so really defensively, didn't you? I, I saw to, that. Yeah, I kind of castled with my the two units of Acolytes at the front and then the 30 Zangor bubbled around all the heroes and the six Skyfires. And it was then when I realised quite what the, the Shard could do. Rather than my plan was to sort of shuffle up the table... I actually had to pull back and not leave a single 32-inch gap anywhere around my Skyfires or my heroes, and also not leave spaces for the Phoenixes to come charging in. Yeah. So I spent, I think it was three turns, doing very little. Yeah. I had a really cagey hour or so of looking at it where he couldn't decide whether to go in. I knew I couldn't do anything and had to just kind of hope for the best and maybe snatch it at the end. And we had about an hour of me being incredibly, incredibly offensive. And I think it was turn four, I eventually thought, look, he's going to win it here because he'd had, he, he'd had two objectives. I'd, my army was so bunched that I'd left one objective completely open. If he, I thought if he goes and gets that, he gets a minor win for having three objectives. Um, so I just kind of lurched across the table and went for it. Skyfires went one way to shoot things off and the Zangor went straight across the table and you know, they're running and charging. They got onto his on one of his objectives straight away. As soon as I burst out of the bubble, um, and he'd left Marathi as a defensive piece the whole time. I've never, I've never played against anybody who didn't transform Marathi straight away. Okay. Um, but he sat Marathi at the back, which was another thing that was keeping me from going for it. Cause I thought if she goes into anything, she's going to chop, you know, chop me up. Um, as it was, I kind of lurched forward, turn four, managed to grab that objective, and. The Skyfire's got onto the, the other one, so I got a minor win, um, which I was delighted about. 
because I got into that game thinking this list has got the potential to chop up. I hate playing against Marathi um, because she's devastating and you can't kill her. Um, <laughs> but as it was, she'd sat so far back that I kind of it was almost left to me. Kevin ended up going in with just the two um, phoenixes, I think, bottom of turn three. And I was because the part the punch that Zinch has got is all eighteen inches, isn't it? You know, once you get within that eighteen inches, if unless you can get into the wizards, they're going to take most things off the table. And as it was, you went in with you went in did some damage. I think you killed acolytes with them. Okay, maybe some Zangor, but yeah, the the wizards were able to take them off. And then, like I said, I was able to move out on turn four and grab the minor win, which I was delighted with. Because it's a bit unpredictable, that isn't it? It's a bit of an odd list. Yeah, it is. I think it's. Big. It's based quite heavily, I think, and it's got its inspiration from the list that Byron's been running, um, okay. the, the mixed order list there. Um, I'm not too sure, but I'm, I'm, assu- I'm I don't know whether or not Byron's been running Marathi in there. Um, mm. But I, I certainly I remember the sword of judgment on the shard and the the Arcanites for the um, certainly um, at Six Nations. I think he was running something very similar. Right. So. I think uh, I think it's got it there. Maybe maybe he just needs to get a bit more practice with it, and I think it'll yeah. be pretty devastating. Yeah, that that shard completely dictates the way your opponent plays on its own. You know, yeah. he's just sat to one side, forcing me to be defensive. Um, yeah, maybe maybe I think if he'd gone in with Marathi as well with the uh, with the the Frost Hearts at the same time. Yeah, so Marathi through some more. Yeah, she does quite a lot of damage, doesn't she? She she turned a few games at Northern Invasion, and when we when we talked to Liam about his games, I know that that last game, I thought that um, his opponent was 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 done for at one point. I looked over at the table and there was pretty much just Marathi left and, yeah. and everything was on the table. And then I came back two turns later and there was just Marathi left still yeah. and there was no just, Nagash army. In pools of blood. Yeah. Yeah, she's tasty, isn't she? Um, so yeah, it was, a te- it was a really tense game. It was a tough game. Kev's obviously a good player. It was a bit of a tasty list, and I was exhausted after the fun. We, we, we'd driven up that morning uh, yeah. from Newcastle, so we'd been up since five o'clock. And then, you know, having him that mentally taxing first game, I was I was knackered going at the second one. Hi. So you have your lunch, and then it's taken hold after that. It's not one that people look forward to either, is it? No. Um, <laughs> particularly not when I'd spent the whole of the first game castled in a big bubble. Yeah. And I thought, God, I'm going to have to do it again, um, which is what I did. So who did you have? Who did you have game two then? What what were you facing? Chap called Chris Witowski. Oh yeah, yeah, with the Sylvaneth. Witowski uh, with Sylvaneth, yeah. Um, there was no battalion in this list. No, that's right. Yeah, so I was expecting something tasty, but then there's no battalion, um, and it was taking hold. So it was pretty much, could he get into my bubble without me mortal wounding him off before I went over to get you know take his dryads off. Yeah, um, I deployed very similarly, to be honest. Uh, this kind of is a theme. It's because Zinch has lost a lot of its tricks. You know, I've lost all my splitting horrors, etc. Yeah, I felt I've, I'm, I'm kind of forced to play in one way. So I, I, I castled again. You know, the same thing. Acolytes at the front, Zangor's behind, heroes and skyfires inside, um, and he came at me sort of in two waves. He came at me first with Dreitcher a tree lord ancient and a unit of three scythes mm-hmm. and be, just again because of the the mortal woundage I always find that Sylvaneth is a, is a really poor match for for Zinch because just, Sylvaneth can't cope with Zinch's mortal wounds 
No. Um, so because he'd come at me in that in like kind of two waves, they hit the outside of the bubble. Acolytes managed to take them down, and then I pressed forward across the table. It did nearly swing this game in the middle. Um, I'd, we were using like your weather table, and I had the winds that were adding range to missile attacks and speeding flying units up by 50%. Oh, so okay. The Skyfires sky were moving 24 and could shoot 32. Bloody hell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the tailwind when you need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were, they were charging across the table shooting things up. Uh, I moved them right the way across and thought I'll shoot, because Lariel was nearly dead. I thought I'll shoot her other side of the table and then charge into the um, dryads. I managed to get five out of the six Skyfires to do mortal wounds. So I had five D3 mortal wounds and I rolled a total of five. Each one of them only did one. Oh, I bet he was happy with that. Yeah. So <laughs> Larry was left alive, and then I filled my charge at the dryads. And I thought at that point I was kind of left, you know, high and dry. Um, as it was, he put he actually put inferno blades on his dryads as well. I thought he was going to come charging out and tear up the skyfires. In the end, he didn't. He tried to you know sit tight on his objective, um, and I just eventually I ground them down. Like I say, Sylvaneth is a, a, a they really really struggle against each. I've always found them. Um, and Stormcast, I think, have been two of the easier mashups for me because you know, they're lacking more wound saves. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, Stormcast are a great uh, combined arm sort of armor. They they do a bit of everything, and yeah. and the resurgence of Sylvaneth, they they've, they've got a points reduction, especially in their battalions, and um, and then getting the free summoning from a couple of them. It's it's interesting to see somebody running the big list and not really taking advantage of the battalions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, as you say, that's that's where the weakness lies, I suppose. The um, that that fragility. Yeah, I haven't actually thought about that. Now that you've said that, there's a lot of silver and obviously a lot of stormcast about, which is a big help to Zinch still, isn't it? You know, people talk about Zinch kind of dropping off a bit, but if mm. those two armies are prevalent, yeah, I mean, stormcast can win. Stormcast was the the most um, common uh, allegiance that we had at Northern Invasion. I think we had six. Um, of the 42, so I mean it's not a massive amount, but it's uh, yeah. it's still up there. Yeah, I mean I think that was probably the, the game I found easiest. Like no disrespect to Chris, he did, I think he did really well, didn't he? I'm just yeah, the, yeah, he finished eighth overall. Yeah, so I think Silverness. Yeah, he's uh, he's done well. I I I've played him in the past as well, and he's a, he is a good player. And yeah. I think a lot of the time it comes down to to what you're playing against. And and when I was uh, against those with a, a magic heavy death list. Um, he did really well against me and, and Alariel on the charge and he had a, a spirit of Durthu in that one as well and he yeah, he, he really hit me hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that uh, that was kind of... I managed to get through that and then I had Paul Whitehead. Okay, so that was in the, the only mission that was out of the new book, the mm. Focal Points mission. And Paul um, had lost his mantle of having the badge of shame. This is the third one in a row. Um, this is the third one. The first two he had the badge of shame for. Yeah. But this time he'd taken an order to Coney's army, hadn't he? He likes to take the filthy netlists, doesn't he? And he kind of <laughs> took a netlist again. But this was they're not they're not as filthy. I think so he'd avoided the badge, hadn't he? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, I was looking forward to playing them because they're kind of they're just, they've been doing all right, haven't they? Which yeah. one was it? Where there was two of them? Was it Bobo? It would probably was. was. It? Yeah, because Adam Kunis has been playing it. I played him at Six Nations in my first game with one. He only had the three dragons in that one, whereas Paul was running the four, wasn't he? He was, yeah. He had four dragons. I mean, it's a nice, it's a fun list. 
because yeah. I think it just flies forward and smashes stuff up, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it was... This is a funny scenario. I've only played it a couple of times. Um, there's objectives all over the place, which I think benefited me because, yet again, I thought to myself, he's going to do damage on the charge. He can come and smash me up. I'm going to castle. And I went with almost exactly the same plan. The only difference was that I had to get further round rather than because you, you set up diagonally. Yeah. Rather than just putting a little line of of uh, acolytes at the front, I had to sort of bubble, almost bubble them right round, so I had to cur curl them right round. But because there's so many objectives, I managed to get my bubble to sort of get towards two of the objectives, so I was scoring two of them. Um, and it, did he has he got a battalion that? He has, yeah. Has he's he? got. He has, yeah. So Which yeah, I think I think that I think his was maybe the only game where I didn't get to dictate who I'd first turn. Which is odd because I made drops. I'm just looking down the lit. The, my opponents, I think that might be right. I made drops, so you know, you're, I think, in, in, sitting under AOS 1, yeah. with eight drops, you generally were being told by your opponent who was having first turn. Yeah. Um, things seem to have changed a bit. So, yeah, I think that was in a game. So, he, he let me go first, and I shuffled up onto those two objectives. Um, and then we had the weirdest sort of, I would say, almost an hour and a half of just thinking, rubbing chins. And staring at the table, <laughs> uh, but not not a lot was happening. The the last time I played Paul was the last game of Agom last year. Did you hear about that game? I remember it, yeah, yeah. because uh, it, it, you needed, yeah, you needed a draw, didn't you? I did. I needed the tournament, draw, yeah. yeah, to win the tournament. So Paul and I, it was a knife to the heart, and Paul and I did nothing. We spent about half an hour setting up in that game, and then just rolled turns and called it a draw. Yeah. It was not to commit, yeah, and I just wanted to commit and lose it. Um, and it was very similar. The first hour and a half, I think we're both clearly we're, we're either deep thinkers or just slow players because we did yeah. not we did nothing for about an hour. Um, and then eventually he went in, and when he did, the, that list is it, pretty tasty. He took all my acolytes off, almost all my Zango in one go. I remember that Agom actually because the draw really suited you, and you got you won. But then the draw really suited me because I won that knife to the heart in the last game. I was against yeah. Arcanauts and I ended up taking third, I think, did Chalmers. You did, yeah, but impressive. Uh, yeah. Had you, I think yeah. you lost your first game that weekend, didn't you? And then I did, yeah. submarine <laughs> all the way up, yeah. I, yeah. It, was, it was Rich Hudspeth, actually, I think, who beat me game one. Yes, I think it was, yeah. And then you, that was pre-Nagash book as well, wasn't it? That was it was, yeah. Impressive skills. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the game this weekend... Once Paul went in, he absolutely obliterated my infantry. And I think had he done it earlier on, the game might have gone differently. Um, and Paul said he's quite a defensive player, and that's maybe not an army that you know in, he, he plays instinctively. So I think he's going to have some some more practice with it. But yeah, <clears throat> it's pretty powerful. The mistake I made was, which I actually rectified for my next two games, was that when I'd castled with the acolytes in front of the Zangor. I put my Zango too close up, thinking he'll kill the acolytes, and I'll pile in and do loads of damage with my Zango. But the reality is that all the dragons have, I think, two inch and three inch attacks. So he just yeah. poured, he just poured his attacks over at the Zango. Right, it's it's, it's, it's filthy. Bit. They come at you, they breathe at you, then yeah. they smash you, and yeah. then they can they can bite three inches over the top of your yeah. front line. Nasty. Yeah, Adam Kunis taught me all about it at six minutes. <laughs> I think I think the trick is with them, you leave a little pocket, but not so much of a pocket that the dragons can fit in. Yeah. 
You yeah. know what I mean? So they can't reach you. Uh, it, it actually fluffed some of the... It had dragons under him very well with their breath because his plan was to breathe the acolytes off and then go charging in. And I think he kind of fluffed some of those. So the acolytes were left there, but it did, like you say, it didn't matter. He could still bite over the top and get the zango. Yeah. So he absolutely smashed me up. And then but by that point, I think that was to either the bottom of turn three or the top of turn four. So there wasn't a lot of time left. Um, so what I, ha- I mean, had to, had to be another turn uh, or two turns, he would the dragons would have gone around and tidied things up because at that point, all I've got left is the heroes and the skyfires. And did he take your lot of change? He didn't. Ah, uh, because he was on a mission. Oh, no, he beasts. did. No, he did yeah. on the last turn. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He said at the start because he was trying to get that, wasn't he? He was, yeah. He's been after a mug for years, and there was a, a mug on offer for the for the general that killed the most behemoths. Yeah. And we we had update in, um, interviews with him throughout the weekend about whether or not he managed to kill behemoths. So yeah. no, he didn't yeah. manage to get the Lord of Change. Yeah. But I mean, the only way I the only reason I won that game was because I was left with all my fast stuff. So I had my Skyfires, my two Zango Shaman, and I was able to summon twenty pinks. Uh, oh, 10 right, pinks, okay. sorry, with 20 points, summoning points and capture other objectives. So I basically, on the last turn, was just able to spread out, fly out and grab everything. Ah, that's good. So they pipped, yeah, pipped the objectives. So I was delighted somehow to have got... Because I, I, to be honest, I went in the event thinking, this Zinch have been nerfed quite a bit. Acolytes are rubbish. And I didn't think they had, you know, they had enough... To maybe get four or five, or certainly maybe four, but maybe not five wins. So I was delighted at that, that point, at least, to be on three wins after the first day. Yeah. So then we retired to um, to Sterling to to witness its uh, its evening entertainment and nightlife and drinking games. <laughs> yeah, I, I blame Mr. Turner. So yeah. the, the Northwest Warriors were bad influences, and um, yeah, but we all got there on time. <laughs> we got in on day two. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah. Uh, Day two, um, my first game was against a chap called Phil McGuinness, who was a lovely chap I've not met before, with his deepkin. And the scenario was... Do you have that one? Uh, yeah, that was three places of power, so... Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, and now he had... What, let me let me just remember. Um, Phil had... Did he have the Tidecaster as the general? Or was he the Voltorma? He did. He did, so he could tide flip caster. the tides, yeah. Yeah. Um, and because I knew he had that... Um, it meant that I, I didn't want to deploy high up the table. Yeah. That's right. My plan was, again, because he had two times nine of the eels, um, I knew that he was gonna, that he had real potential to do damage in one go. And yeah. I thought, if I deploy high up the table, he's gonna flip the tides and hit me on turn two as quick as he can and catch me yeah. out in the middle of the table. And I thought, but then I thought, you know, if I deploy deep, he's gonna leave the tides as they are and hope that he can hit me on turn three. So yeah. because of that, because of that choice, he dictated deployment. You know, just as the tenable shard had in the first game, that that single thing was forcing me to play a certain way. Um, so I basically, again, this time I castled in a corner so that he couldn't bring the eels on on my flank. Mm-hmm. All my acolytes across the board and sort of curved them down halfway over the table. So I could easily move on to one objective and had the potential to sort of shuffle up um, onto two. But he had two of the big ships Okay. Eden Earth ships, um, which are massive. Yeah. They really dominate the table, and he put them in both the places that I was thinking about deploying. So they really, they kind of, the, one of them was almost in the middle of the table, in the middle objective, 
So it made it really tough once the game started for me to manoeuvre my acolytes and my Zango and keep my castle going. Um, the first thing he did is the Achillean King on the front. Yeah. Yeah, moved yeah. him onto the moved him onto the objective that was furthest away from me. So I'd kind of got him one corner and he moved it there and I thought to myself, if that sits on that objective for for the five turns, that's the game done. Um so I was forced immediately to start moving out. Because I thought I can't move up on turn three, maybe grab one or two, because I'm not gonna have the turns. So I had to start coming out. Um and I did I, what I basically did was legged everything, flew the Lord of Change and the Skyfires into the middle of the table, right near one of his big boats, and had to do a huge run and charge with the Zangor to re-bubble them in the middle of the mm-hmm. table. Um, so I effectively had, again, all my all of my heroes float, float around that boat, and the Zangor were almost covering <laughs> about two-thirds of the table in a huge loop all around my heroes and around <laughs> the boat. Um and I just had to sit tight and wait for the eels. Yeah. They are, they're horrendous on the charge. They are, and in three places of power as well. You've got yeah. to put your, your key pieces in the middle of the board, so there's yeah. no hiding really, is there? No, not at all. Um, yeah. So like I say, they, all my, my heroes were just sitting there with their, kind of, with their wings over their head, waiting for the charge to come. And as spectacular as they are, one of the units pretty much fluffed it. One unit, one unit of eels took about 12 Zango off from the 30. The other one, I think, only took five or six. Right. Which was which was decisive. Because yeah. had, had they both done the same thing, I'm left with, you know, five or six Zango, and that's not really a functional unit. No. But as it was, I had about half my Zango left, and they had the, enough punch to hit one of the unit of ni- one of the units of nine eels, which was then completely battle shocked off. So on the return punch on the same turn, I managed to get one of the nine off, and then I won the turn roll. Or maybe he'd gone first, but it's certainly my turn next. Yeah. So everything just turned on the turned on the other nine eels, um, and, we, and you know, was, there's enough mortal wounds to do enough to them. Um, I think I left about three of them there, and then the Zangor were able to just what was left of the Zangor unit was able to leg it across the table and get the king. So it was all down to one turn, as we knew. <coughs> excuse me, as we knew it would be. Um, it's it, Edenith's an interesting army because. As scary as they are, and I think they are, you know, one of the top tier armies. I can't really see that there's much that does anything other than the eels. Yeah, they're pretty fragile as well. Those eels, yeah. when you hit them back, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, the Zango took them off. Yeah, this is, I mean, to be fair, the Zango with Inferno blades on, I think. But <laughs> yeah, the, the terrifying on the charge. If once that charge has happened, I knew that I, you know, I could dictate the play because I knew that they didn't really have much else going for them. Once I survived that to that crucial turn three, yeah. it was a matter of can I get the king off quick enough and get my heroes on the objectives quick enough? And as it was, you know, the mortal wounds put pay to them. But it's the, it's a it's a night. I like the way the army works. I really like that mechanic that they can flip the tides and they've got you know that kind of kind of scare your opponent as it did me into sitting back. Just not sure that across the book it's that interesting for a player because I think everybody's just going to head to the eels. Yeah. Yeah, I've not seen. I've never seen a turtle on the table yet at a tournament I've been to. Nope. But I've seen. I've seen a lot of eels. I've not even seen yeah. a shark yet. I've not seen the alapex and the the nice models. So they are. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, they. I mean that. I'm not as keen on the thrall models. No, I think they look a bit old school to be honest. But uh, the guy, what's wave cloak guy called again? Or oh, the idolon. Yeah, um, is a yeah. spectacular model. 
It's just yeah. lovely. I think it's one of the best ones I've done for years. But yeah, I think it, to, the balance, I think, in that book just seems a bit off. I think you're just going to see eels and eels and eels. Yeah. So I managed oh, well. to speak through that game. And that put you right up to table two then, didn't it? It did. I'd spent two games on table three. Um, and then I was on to table two. And at this point, I knew that the draw would decide my fate. It was an interesting one because we had yeah. um, one person sitting there on four majors, yeah. um, and that was with Nagash. And then we had two people on um, three majors and a minor, and we had one person on three majors and a minor loss. Yeah. So basically, the way it had to work was the two people, because uh, we went true Swiss, so each round we didn't use net kill points while well, we used those as a third tiebreaker at the end and there were awards for net kill points it was only ever um the draw was only ever done on the battle scores which was basically 20 points for a major 14 for a minor six for a minor loss uh, 10 was a draw and zero for a, a major loss mm -hmm. so people were then randomly drawn based upon just that score but what it meant was because we only had one at the top and then two meeting each other and then one below, it meant that the two people in second and third place in the standings at that point, you were one of them. Um, Lee was another one with yeah. daughters. Um, and Liam was on top with Legion and Agash. So you and Lee, you and Lee were going to have to play. Um, one of would have to play Liam and one would play one of the people on three majors and a minor. Yeah. And there you go. So who did you end so, up so, with? So yeah, so me and Lee couldn't play each other, could we? Um, no. At that point, at, at that point, I was, it was it was Mike Callahan I got with Stormcast, yeah. and I figured in my head it was a choice maybe between playing Mike with Stormcast or playing Liam with Nagash. And given that choice, I think for Zinj, you know, obviously you'd want Stormcast. Storm, like I said, Stormcast historically have been one of the easier matchups for me. Nagash is probably the worst, I think, because he just shuts down my magic phase. At that point, I'm struggling. I'm yeah. going to rely on my Zangor alone. So, you know, it was pretty black and white for me, which one, which one I wanted. And the draw went my way, which I was absolutely delighted. I mean, you even you even looked at me and said, didn't you? I think you've dodged a bullet there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, yeah. It was, I think, to be honest, looking at the, all of the, the armies, I think Liam and Lee had the two strongest lists, or certainly the two that I wanted to play the least. Um, so it's kind of right. I think they were both on table one in the last game. Uh, and uh, Mike and myself figured we were playing for second place. Um, so the scenario was... Um, it was escalation. Escalation, that's right, yeah. Uh, which I haven't played for a long, long time. And to be honest, I think I might have only played it once or twice after the FAQ came out and made it a half-decent scenario. Yes. So it was pretty much you know, an unknown. Mm -hmm. I knew that he had the TM build. It was indeed. Mike Callahan TM build, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> um, which I've not played against. So, so it, what had he done? Had he put a Lord Encanter in? Is that how it, is yeah. that the yeah. extra model basically on top of the the standard um, Les Martin build? Yeah, yeah. So she was dancing around trying to unbind my spells, um, and because it, because. If it's escalation. I think there's pretty much there was a tiny little pocket on the table where the Lord of Change could go. You know, he's he's tucked right the behemoths are tucked right at the back, aren't they? Yeah, was the Star Drake in the similar position? Yeah, yeah. So it was like, do you leave the Star Drake off? Um, so 
once I'd placed the Lord's change, I thought to myself, well, I don't want any of the stormcast dropping in behind. So I managed, so once I'd measured the nine inches off the Lord of Change, that pretty much dictated where the Lord of Change had to go on the table. Like there was yeah. literally you no know, an, in, an inch either way. And I, I, def I, I deployed off that. Um, I again castled up, acolytes at the front, spread out my, um, Mazangle much more than I had in any of the games. I left the little pocket that I'd learned to against the Order Draconis list in game three, and I spread out my Zangor, so I was covering as much of my sort of triangle of the board as I could, leaving my heroes to fill in the gaps so there was nowhere behind me that he could drop in, but I'd yeah. still done enough to stretch, to head up certainly to the uh, one of the objectives, the objective to my right, wasn't far off the middle one, and I just sort of ignored the far one because there was a building poorly positioned for me, which meant he could sneak up models, be within range of the objective, and they'd be completely invisible to me and 40 inches away. So I thought, forget that one. If I can get two objectives here and hold them for most of the game, I'll be on. Um, and it's a, it's a funny... It's playing against that's a funny list. The What's the Relic does, I believe, that's replaced um, Lightning Chariot? Hang on, is that the Relic to whoever you can teleport models around the board? Yeah. Do you know what it's called? No, I don't know the name. It's a prayer, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lightning Chariot was the old one, wasn't it? Yeah. Is that not uh, the same? Yeah, it's the. Is it a prayer on a three up or a four up? Yeah. That's yeah, that's what um, that Lightning Chariot was. Yeah. Hmm. Is it part of a, Just look at the relic. The relic there, and it's not. It's not there. I don't think. Maybe it's in. Is that part of the battalion? Is it the ability you're given? Not sure. Uh, I think it must be a prayer. It must yeah, be. Oh, is it uh, I suppose, yeah, it would be a prayer that you had on, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, because of that threat, you can teleport stuff anywhere on the board, um, which is pretty scary, cause, and it meant that I had to shuffle the whole army each turn because I had to keep on not leaving enough space, um, certainly for the Star Drake to come teleporting in behind me, um, which meant I couldn't really commit a lot forward. So, again, I was for the fifth game in a row, I was forced to castle up, try and deny my opponent the Zangor and let them dictate you know, the combats um, as it was Mike sort of went in piecemeal in the first turn he went in with two fulminators um, and I was then man I was then able to take them off and then he I think he was the, he was planning to do it again but because I got rid of them so easily he didn't and he ended up sitting most of his army so he'd he'd taken two objectives <coughs> Star Drake fulminators liberators everything was in the middle um, he was holding the far objective, and for the first time in the tournament, really, maybe since the first game, I decided to go for it and commit everything forward, because, I, I mean, they've got high saves, the Stormcast, but I just figured with Stoke Rage and Inferno Blades, I thought I've got enough to take most of it off. I knew if I could get down, get his other Fulminators off the table, and I could probably go into his Liberators, and they would evaporate. I would leave him pretty much with just his heroes and the Star Drake. So we had a couple of turns of him firing Judicators at my Skyfire's, Skyfire's Return of Fire. He was, he was, I think it felt like he was doing better, to be honest. The Skyfires were pretty poor. But then I folded reality once he got them down, I think, down to two and got the unit back. Oh. Yeah, so the, and then the Skyfires moved up a bit, finished off his uh, Judicators, and I went in, like I say, with all of the Zangor. And I took off. Yeah, I think I left. I did. Um, I think I left him with one fulminator and a couple of wounds. 
didn't bother with the Star Drake and his heroes. Um, it didn't have much else after that. Um, but then it was a struggle because the, their saves are so high. Other than my mortal wounds, I was really struggling to do anything. I foolishly went, let the Star Drake get into combat with my uh, Skyfires, and their shooting was hurting it. But in combat, I just couldn't do anything to it. Is it, no. is it one up rerolling ones? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, and it can heal itself as well if he shines the lantern on it. Yeah, and he and he did. I think yeah, he started to. Heal. It was also it was also healing on sixes, wasn't it? And saves of oh, saves of a seven. Yeah, it's healing wounds on yeah. Um, so I couldn't get that down. It was on the it was on the table at the end of the game, but I realised we realised that I'd taken enough objectives that he had to use the prayer, the teleporty prayer to shoot somebody across the table and grab an objective and at that stage he could probably have done it and I think he failed the prayer two turns during that game whilst there was no open objective so he would have just got it on that roll and I think that possibly would have swung the game and <laughs> um, we said afterwards I'd totally ridden my luck um, but you know I think you've got to haven't you when you go yeah. of games if you're going to get that far but yeah either of us could have won the game um, I ended up charged I realised he needed the prayer off to maybe swing the game, so I just charged my two um, Zango Shaman into the Relictor and managed to take it off. And we shook hands on that. Um, it was, it, yeah, it was a pretty close game. Again, one of those ones that could have gone anything. And I think that was actually the only game where I did any summoning all weekend. <laughs> so I summoned ten, ten blue horrors and ran them onto an objective. Oh, well. So how do you find the summoning for the uh, Zinch then? If you've not used it that much, I don't suppose you rate it that <laughs> highly. I don't know, because I was saying, I'd focused on wanting to get 10 pinks, which is 20 points, mm-hmm. because that is, you know, it's effective 40 or 50 wounds or whatever, you know, because you get the blues, you get the brimstones rolled in. Yeah. It was superb. I mean, it's, it's like 200 points worth, isn't it? So I was focusing on that all weekend, <clears throat> all weekend, and it was probably a couple of occasions, where, in retrospect, where I could have probably summoned 10s in the meantime, mm. but didn't even think about it, because I was so focused on getting the... Get the ten pinks down. Um, so, so is it done? Just um, I've I've not played spells. against each since it's, it's number of spells successfully yeah. cast. It's successfully cast and not unbound by okay. yourself and your opponent. Right. So and the whole weekend I pretty much played armies um, that barely had any wizards. Yeah, it's, I, I was wizard. thinking that. Thinking that as you went through them there, and you said earlier actually just as we were connecting that. Bizarrely, you you played only Order Armies as well. I did. Yeah, I've only just as I was waiting to ring you tonight, I realised that. Yeah, only Order Armies are just kind of nice and fluffy, isn't it? Um, but Order Armies, which barely had any wizards, so I didn't really get a laugh. I don't know. I mean, there's loads of talk, wasn't there, when they decided the tallest summoning was going to be, you know, inverted commas free. Um, they're definitely not balanced because, you know, I've played Nurgle. I've got a Nurgle army as well that I play at the club and stuff. I haven't really done tournaments yet with it because I haven't, I haven't found a build that, you know, I, I think is filthy enough for my tastes. But uh, it's you you get summoning points for Nurgle by just being on the table. Yeah. So every game, almost every game I've played, I've had enough points for a great and clean one. Okay. Uh, I've never got anywhere near enough for a lot of change. So it doesn't mm. seem to me. I know maybe you've maybe other, some armies need summoning more than others. So maybe that that's balanced. You know, I think uh, dropping another lot of change on the table for me would have more impact than dropping a great and clean one. But it still just seems a bit odd that I'm struggling. I'm struggling to use it. It's really what's really nice, and I really like um, 
it's nice and fluffy that you can drop things like you know, the the magister spell that creates a spawn or the, the zango shaman spell creates zangos for models that it kills and they, those yeah. things are really nice and that feels zinch you know to have models just popping out of reality here there and everywhere um, and just, just... i'm just gutted to change neferat as dasker <laughs> yeah because he used, he used to get the vampire law uh, the vampire character for it and I mean, it's still good on the six. You you kill whatever you've injured with it, but yes. it would have been nice getting all the because the death of the summoning of being able to bring things back for yeah. the command point. But it's so easy to shut down. I mean, you need to leave a, a hero within uh, range of the the gravesite and bank on your opponent not coming and parking on them, which isn't the easiest thing to do. So yeah. I think that it, it's strong being able to bring things back, but. Oh, it is. I, being able to actually just generate things is I've not played against Slanesh yet I have played against Korn a few times and they've not really managed to bring much on when I've played them either No, um, it'll be interesting when the Slanesh book appears because that does seem to me against certain armies you know armies with a lot of multi-wound models that is going to absolutely churn through summoning Yeah Particularly if you're then dropping more heroes on and summoning even more that are, it feels like they're going to have to do something to stop that because it feels like it could really be exploited. It might not be, you know, that like all things once you once you get them on the table, it might not be. But it's it's it's. I do like the fact that they've, they've tried it because when when AOS first came out, it seemed very much like they were going for rule of cool. You know, this is brilliant. Yeah. Let's write this and work because they were it didn't have to think about points. It was just you know throw all the cool stuff. Everything can do what it's meant to do, and the armies do much more than their eighth edition. The armies. They like you hope they, they should do. Yeah. You know, it feels like they fit the background. But it, uh, I worry in a competitive environment whether or not they've quite got it right yet, which is fair enough, I suppose. It's the first the first punt at it, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose that's that takes us takes us on. So uh, well before we just touch on that, so you got the um you got the major there. Um, oh, yes. and the results on the top table went your way. Yeah. Um and what it meant was that by one point uh, you, you took the tournament, so yeah. well done. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was a it was a nervous wait. It was the only, I mean, like I said, like we said before, the draw had gone my way because I got the army that I wanted, and then it was the only result on the top table that could have let me sort of jump in and pinch it. Um, I think Lee got the minor win, didn't he? Which was the only only possible permutation which would have allowed me to to, to leapfrog with my major into first. So I was delighted, but I also knew that. Particularly, I think uh, Liam had Liam Watt had studied the pack, hadn't he? And he knew that he was going to get bonus points for Nagash's spells and things. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. as it transpired, I didn't. Nobody enjoyed playing me, so I didn't get any. I didn't get any best game votes. I think both of those guys did. So they really, it was. It was. It was. I think it was four points in the end, wasn't it? Separated all three of us. Four uh, points. It wasn't much. I've not got the the numbers in front of me, but yeah, it wasn't more than that. It was. It was one between you two, and I think it was two then down to Lee. Was it? Yeah. yeah so it was squeaky bombs time, yeah. And it could have just been, a, a, like you say, a favourite game, but um, both Lee and um, uh, Liam and Liam got one each, which was two points. But yeah. The second, the second one, you get scales up to five, and yeah. the third one up to ten. Up to ten. So it, yeah. it can really make a big swing at the top if you uh, if you manage to. Uh, bribe your opponents. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. So if either of those guys had kind of got one or two more, it would have all been different, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, so I was delighted. I was absolutely delighted. Like I say, I think 
there was nasty lists, but I, I got you know, I got the rub of the green, which I think you need, don't you? I got the draw, I got the result on the table above me, um, so I was delighted with it because I hadn't I hadn't gone into the event um, that excited about AOS too. I think it was mentioned to you before. Yeah. There's, there's a, a sort of dubious about the amount of changes um, that they're making or they have made, or certainly was before the event. Remember, they, they kind of pitched the new release of Soul Wars as tweaks. It's, to me, it's a lot more than that. Um, yeah, it was quite comprehensive. There's a lot yeah. of new layers. Um, yeah, and I've, I just I feel like sometimes they're a bit heavy-handed with the FAQs. FAQs are brilliant that we're getting them regularly, but I, you know, when they said they were going to give us regular ones, you know, once or twice a year or whatever, I'd pictured you know a small document of here are the fixes to the main problems. Yeah. But what we get is you know this huge, you know, volumes and volumes of stuff. Um, having played the event. Does seem like the game's in a better place than I'd thought. I think it is. I think a lot of the negativity, um, and I know from playing at the Six Nations, like three days after things dropped, mm. um, there was a lot of things then that have been fixed by the FAQs. It's a big read, um, yeah. getting through all those documents, but I do think it's it. it we are in a good place. Um, yeah. I think there's still there's still steps need to be taken, especially with tournaments. I think as a game. It's a brilliant game, and in our club nights, you know, you can make it what you want. There's so yeah. many tweaks. You can yeah. you can put your house rules in. There's so many options for narrative rules and different ways to play. And we always play match play, but we might use the open play rules, like the open war cards, yeah. or um, I don't know. There's all sorts of different things you can you can spice it up and make it different with. But I think tournaments um, is going to be, and that's a topic of a lot of debate. Um, yeah. My my fear, and I think I mentioned this before, was that um, what I like bringing all different levels of people to the events that I run, um, yeah. and I really try and encourage uh, new people to come. And the thing is, after the first game or two, first couple of games, they find a level, they have a good experience, and the play comes on leaps and bounds. But I feel at the moment if you make it too complicated with too many realm rules that maybe you don't find out until the day, you you risk putting a barrier there that yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, is gonna um it's gonna make it a very complicated experience for somebody and maybe they'll spend more time looking at the book than engaging on the table and Yeah. And I think AOS before two dropped Everybody was just getting comfortable with it. We'd had a couple of years, and we'd got to the stage where it's very instinctive. And now we're we're back at the book again. And I think we need to find the right balance. Yes, definitely. I think I think the current grumble is that AOS has turned into a game where you need a load of books. I mean, someone's been asking at the club what they need, um, and I think I don't, I'm not sure that you do. I like I would I probably would have had this you know been grumbling the same way before the event. But then I took all my books thinking, I better have them all just in case I need them. Now I think I'm, I opened my book bag twice all weekend. Both of those things, what we thought was the rule, was in fact correct. So we we're just confirming what we already knew. I think the reality of it is you don't need, to me, you don't need malign sorcery. Um, if you're going to run them, you maybe want you know, the card for your spell. But to be honest... I can see myself doing this without any endless spells until I get a battle tome that's got its own, maybe. But I'm not sure you need malign sorcery. I don't realistically think the game, having played it for a weekend like that, has changed that much. Oh. Because, like you say, I think a lot of it is 
not that's for me that's not a bad thing. I think they have tightened up a lot, and I think like you say, you can bolt on what you want to bolt on, because I felt very much like I was playing the same game, just it was tightened up. Yeah, and I've found it's a, a really positive thing. I think it's just yeah. we're in that that moment at the at, at present where something's just dropped and we get used to it, and then I mean, yeah. come Christmas, I mean. Well, come the Masters. We've got our Masters, our Northern Masters in, um, when is it? It's the 1st and 2nd of December. First weekend in December, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, are you going to be making that up? You're pretty much a, a stick I, on there. Yeah, yeah, I've got it. I, as, as soon as Scott released the date for it, yeah, I got it booked in with my wife. So, um, yeah, as long as things don't go wrong, yeah, I should be there. I can't see that mathematically it's possible now that things can go wrong, so... So that'll be good. Um, are you you're still in the running? Are you after? I think I'm tenth now. I've, 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 we've not announced the rankings. Well, we'll be announcing the rankings on the episode this week and where yeah. people are standing. Yeah. Um, so so at the moment I'm tenth. That's good. Having um, not been able to obviously play in Northern Invasion with everyone else picking up points. I'll tell you, it's if you look at the top twenty eight, there's only one person who wasn't at Northern Invasion. Really? Um, so it's really boosted people. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. of points that were on offer. It was, I think it's 140 something for the winner for you. So, I mean, that's it's massive. So I think I have to come. I've worked out the maths. So I have to come um, above 18th place or above at the Howling to actually increase my standing because my third score isn't that great at the moment. So I'm quite confident I can do that. If the Howling's hit, you know, 40 players, like you say. It's going to be some points, even though it's a one day. It's still going to be worth well, it. Yeah. It'll be a hundred points for the winner. So yeah, there's there's uh, opportunities there. Right. So there you go. So what about the it's future good. then? What would you uh, what would you like to see? Which direction is the game going to go? I mean, we've obviously had the announcement this week um, of mm. the the beasts of chaos, which excites me because I've always liked the um, the war herd and the, yeah. the 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 gores and whatnot. So what, what what do you want to see in the future? What's going to keep you involved and keep you excited? Well, to be honest, uh, Beastman was my 8th edition army as well. When we got back into the game about 2010, 2011, that was the first book I bought. Um, and I had a big Beastman army. Sadly sold them all. Um, so I, won't, I don't think I'm going to get back into them as much as I do love all those infantry models. find it a bit weird that we're not getting any models other than realm spells for them. It's a bit of a shame because I think they're really short on characters. Well, we don't know for definite. You never know. You yeah, never know. <laughs> that's just the way it's going, though, doesn't it? I, mean, I just thought like a beast lord and stuff would have been nice, wouldn't it? Or a beast lord riding something would have been cool. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see them back again. Hopefully, they'll not be they'll not be rubbish for the first time ever. Um, I'd really like to see. I think in terms of the whole game, not a lot of changes. Yeah. Oddly, I think it just needs a. It's all up in the air. Like we know, we're talking about people complaining about you need too many books or this is not balanced or whatever. It's because nobody can say otherwise, really, at the moment, because nobody's had time to play it over a period of time and test these things out. We can't argue this way or that. So I think I just need. I'd like a period where the game has just settled down. I've been kind of wobbling a bit on it. I just want a, some time where to bed in AOS two to see that everything works. Maybe if I have to make a couple of tweaks, minimal tweaks. Um, but yeah, in terms of the game, just let's just let's just let it let's let it bed in and see what it's got. In terms of armies, I'd like to see Skaven. Oh, I'd love to see Skaven. Yeah, it'd it'd be nice. I'd love to see a, an expanded Eshin range. It'd be 
Yeah, yeah that, that see, tempts me into the Skaven. I want to see Mulder. I want to see <laughs> freaks, yeah. Stitched together freaks. Um, I think what we'll get is one big Skaven book. I, I'll take it. I'll, I'll yeah. take a big Skaven book at the yeah. moment. Where I mean, Clan, I think... rats, Clan Rats can be taken by anybody. Or just maybe Verminous can be out with anybody, something like that. And then, you know, you bolt on what you want on top of that. But yeah, I'd love a bit of a Skaven book. Yeah, I don't think they'd need that many models. I mean, we'd like some new ones for the yeah. older the older builds, but they've got such a broad range, they could they could get away with it. And I think it's similar with the the Grots. I mean, I, I have a feeling they'll go Moon Clan rather than including Spider Fang and whatnot. Yeah. But um, I think that... Or something probably... new, in like a new faction name, because I think it looks like they're going to roll in Trogoths as well, doesn't it? It'd be nice. I mean, it really would be. So. Yeah, and everybody, everybody wants uh, battle line trogoffs, don't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I, well, I don't. I've just sold twenty-seven, 27 <laughs> metal trogoffs. The river trolls are the. No, they were uh, they were all stone and normal uh, trolls. Okay. So. Yeah, I love the Fellwater, the River Troll ones. That's an amazing kit. I did buy a load of them. I think I had about twelve or fifteen of them, but I ended up turning them into rat ogres a few years ago. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be tempted by. An army. If you didn't have to, use, not, I don't mind goblins, the grots. But uh, if you could do an army that was mostly trogoths with some squigs, that'd be cool. So, do you reckon there's going to be? I mean, obviously, elves are coming. We're going to have the light and dark elves at some yeah. point. Will you be tempted by elves, or are they? I've are they never not for ever you? been. I've never been tempted by elves. I did have a handful of high elves in fourth edition at the point where I stopped playing for years. Maybe they turned me off to it all. But, but, however. If we get the light faction or whatever, or maybe I don't know, maybe the dark, the shadow faction, and it's the mist weavers faction, mm. I might be tempted. That model is amazing. That is probably my favourite elf model ever. If you get a faction of those, I think I'd certainly be in. Alright, Well, I've got a daughter, and so I haven't got a choice. If the elves come, then <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I'm committed. I'm fortunate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does she want her own army, or is she just going to get you to buy and build and paint it? No, no, she's doing her own. So she's doing um she's doing uh, Sylvaneth at the minute. She yeah. started with Wanderers, and she's yeah she's building a Sylvaneth army. So she's doing all right. She's painting it all herself. So nice there's a there's a doubles tournament been announced in April in yeah. um in Sterling. So she she's asked me if she can come to a tournament and play in it next year. So that might be the one. That might be the one. So yeah. she'll she'll be almost eleven. So I reckon I reckon she can do it. Oh, oh yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I mean I've got I've got a thirteen year old who shows absolutely no interest and rolls his eyes at the mention of Warhammer. Um, <laughs> but I've got the little ones. We've got we've got you know, we've got three other little ones. Uh, the five year old is absolutely loving it and can't wait till he's old enough to buy his own army. So he might be a he might be a possible uh, convert inductee. So maybe oh, maybe get some games with him in the future. Well, we'll 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 set up a crash. We'll do our yes. tournaments. We'll have a, a place where the wives can drop off the kids, the, where they can be looked after while we play, and they can go shopping or nice. go to a spa or whatever they want to do. Yeah, or just have a kids tournament. Get well, there you go. Get them all playing it. Well, the wives, the wives tournament. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us, anyway, Steve. And uh, it's it's. It was good to see you uh, to win there. It really turned things on its head at the end, and uh, and it was good to see that Zinch are not dead. You know, they're not Zinch, they're still Zinch. It's the hashtag yeah. I've been trying to use. Um, very different. It's like you know, it's almost like a push forward and hit stuff as hard as you can list now. Um, but yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Had a great weekend. Cheers. Well, no, that's good, and hopefully, uh, we'll, well, I will see you at the Howling, and then uh, hopefully, we'll see you at the Masters. 
If I can qualify. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be a great, that would be a great weekend as well, wouldn't it? The inaugural Masters. Yeah. Well, cool, thanks for having me on. No, no worries. Well, uh, we'll see you soon, and uh, and uh, yeah, thank you very much, and hopefully we'll see you at Northern Invasion 2019. Indeed, indeed. Cheers, fella. Take your pictures down and shake it out